Hello, hello. Welcome back to Become a Calm Mama podcast. I'm Darlene. I'm your host. And today we are talking about your mind. So in particular, we are talking about what I call mama mind drama. You are going to learn today how your thoughts affect how you show up as a mom. If you want to become the calm and compassionate mom that you're meant to be, then you're going to love this episode because what we're talking about is how to change your behavior, the way you show up as a mom. We're going to talk about how to change that behavior by changing the way you think about yourself, your kids, and your kids' behavior. So let's jump into it. Now, over the past few episodes, I've been breaking down the tool that I call the pause break. So the pause break is the three steps that we take when we're overwhelmed, when there's a tricky parenting moment, when we're coming across a behavior we don't know how to handle, we need to take a pause break. And the three steps are stop, delay, reset. Just to remind you, this first step of stop, it just means stop, like literally stop talking, don't engage. And when you do this is whenever you become aware that you're feeling really angry, annoyed, you see some behavior you don't like, like you're yelling, you're lecturing, you're spanking, you're emotionally checking out, or you're making a bunch of commands, or you're just kind of, you know, feeling really overwhelmed in a moment, that's your clue that you want to stop. Okay. You're going to take a pause break. So even if you're mid-sentence, I want you to just stop. Now, delay is the second step. And delay is just creating time between the thing that's happening and your reaction to it. So you're just waiting. You're not deciding. You're not acting. The delay is when you are doing step three, which is reset. So reset is when you do something actively to calm your stress response. I think of reset as getting back to your intentions as a parent, getting back to your commitment of, oh no, wait, (laughs) I'm becoming a calm mama or oh, wait, I don't want to show up like this. I don't want to yell anymore. I don't want to act out anymore. I don't want to emotionally check out anymore. So during this reset, you are getting back to your own intentions of how you want to be as a mom. In the reset, I think of it as move your body, move your mind. So you're stopping, you're creating time, and you're moving your body, moving your mind. And so we've talked about in the past couple of episodes about resetting your body moving that stress juice surge through and getting back to physical balance. I talked about moving your emotions, resetting your heart and moving through negative emotions so that you can get back to a neutral state. So what we're going to talk about today is resetting your mind, moving from those negative thoughts, the default thoughts that we have into intentional positive thoughts. And so resetting your mind is, well, all of the reset is all about getting you back into like kind of an equilibrium into balance. So if you're tipped into stress, you're getting back to calm. If you have a negative emotion, you're moving into a neutral emotion. If you have a bunch of negative thoughts, you're moving back into either neutral or positive thoughts. So that's what we're talking about today is your thinking, talking about resetting your mind. So first I want to define what I mean by default thoughts. We all have these like old patterns inside of us, our default way of thinking, our default way of feeling and default way of showing up. Especially as a parent, we have sort of like a little trigger and then you end up acting the way that you don't want to act. That's because you're not in an intentional state. You're in a reactive state. You're in your defaulted state. We get our default thoughts and beliefs from how we were raised, how we think about ourselves, our worldview, 
We're going to talk about this more on further episodes about really kind of understanding your own default thoughts. But for today, I really want you just to recognize that you have these natural pathways that your brain goes through whenever a circumstance comes up. So let me explain what I'm talking about here. So how does your brain work? Your brain experiences the environment, right? It's like interpreting the environment. And in parenting, particularly, your brain is experiencing your kid's behavior, how they're acting. And that's your circumstance that you're responding to. And your brain, it has thoughts about that behavior. And when you have negative thoughts, you're going to have negative feelings. So if you're looking at a behavior and you're feeling negatively about it, then you're going to feel negatively about it. This is sort of a default way of thinking is there's your kid's behavior, thoughts about that behavior, and then you have feelings about it. Then your feelings, they drive how you show up. They drive your actions. So when you feel stressed, anger, and overwhelmed, then your stress response is activated and you act those out. Now, we are trying to become calm, especially as parents, but in our lives in general, we want to be able to take in circumstances and not get upset about them, not get so overwhelmed by them. The way we do that is by shifting from our default negative thoughts and moving into intentional thoughts. Because if you have a lot of negative thoughts, especially related to parenting, they're going to activate your stress response. Remember I talked about how you have your amygdala in your brain and your amygdala is always kind of scanning for hazards and it gets things wrong sometimes and it activates your stress response, even if it's not necessary then you're all of a sudden, you know, in your stress juice and you have to reset. So just like your amygdala gets things wrong, well, your amygdala is basing a lot of its interpretation on some of your thoughts. So I want to read a few negative thoughts that I hear parents say a lot um, about their kids, about themselves or about the future. And I just want you to notice what emotions either come up in you as I say them, or that you might think that someone else might feel if they were thinking these things. So imagine you tell your child, no, they can't play their video game and then they get upset. And then you have thoughts about their upset where you're thinking, my kid doesn't have the right to be this mad. They're the ones who did the wrong thing in the first place. Or you're thinking, my kid needs to calm down so I can calm down. Another thought I hear a lot from parents is they should know better. He should know better. She should know better. Or another default thought is this is disrespectful. My kids should not be talking to me like that. (laughs) So these thoughts are a lot about judgment, about how our kid is or how we're experiencing their behavior. They're really about us as well. Sometimes we have negative thoughts about ourselves when our kids misbehave. We can start thinking, if I was a better mom, my kid would be happier and better behave. This is my fault. Or I can't handle anything right now because I have so much pressure on me and I can't ever even get a break. Imagine how you'd be feeling if you were thinking, I can't handle this. Or if you were thinking, this is my responsibility to make sure my kids grow up to be good and kind people. And look, they're not. What am I going to do? I don't know what to do. Another thought, I'm a bad mom. Other moms are better. They're better at this. I'm not doing enough. I need to do better. Or second guessing, what am I doing wrong? I'm doing all the things in the parenting books and it's not working and I don't know what to do. If you were thinking, I don't know what to do, how would you be feeling? Another place I see negative thoughts come up a lot is about the future. So your kids are behaving in a certain way and it triggers all this like flood of thoughts that trigger you into anxiety because these thoughts are about the future. 
I must deal with this behavior right now or else it's going to get worse. My kid's never going to learn. We've been doing this for years and they still haven't got it. If they don't stop this right now, they're going to end up on drugs. If they don't stop this right now, no one's going to like them. If they don't stop this right now, then basically they're ruining their future. (laughs) Right? So I don't want you to beat yourself up about these thoughts. These are just default thoughts. And a lot of times we get our default thoughts from society. Society has been telling you as a mom, hey, how your kid acts is a reflection on how good you are as a mom. Ew, no, that's not true because feelings drive behavior. So your kid is just responding to their own emotions and the emotions they don't know what to do with and it's showing up in their behavior. It has nothing to do with how good or bad you are as a mom. Society wants to put criticism and judgment on parents and they're creating default thoughts for you. Well, we're going to change those default thoughts because negative thoughts, they lead to feelings of anger and resentment and fear and overwhelm. And when you feel that way, you're going to have stress juices. You're going to have stress response. You're going to have surges. You're going to have mad mom syndrome. These are the kinds of thoughts that activate your stress response because they convince your brain that you're in danger, that something is wrong, and that some action needs to happen. And then stress juice takes over and you find yourself yelling and doing all the things that you don't like as a mom. So typically we think that it's the behavior itself or the circumstance, the situation that determines our feelings and actions, but actually the circumstances are neutral. It's our thoughts about the circumstance that give them meaning. So it's not your kid's behavior that is driving you crazy, actually. It's your thoughts about your kid's behavior that are driving you crazy. It's what you're making their behavior mean about them, about you, or about the future. I want to give you a quick little example of how circumstances are neutral in thinking about a time when you go into the bathroom and there's a towel on the floor. Your kid is taking a bath or taking a shower and there's a towel on the floor. And how many times you walk in and you're like, oh, there's a towel on the floor. And you absentmindedly pick it up and put it on the hook or put it on the bar. And you don't really think anything of it. It's just sort of a thing. It's neutral. But then another time you walk in the bathroom and you see the towel on the floor. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, these kids, they'll never learn. I have told them a hundred times to put their towel on the rack and they just don't. They never listen to me and they're super irresponsible. And I'm the only one who does anything around here. And this is ridiculous. And all of a sudden you find yourself in like sort of like a mad mama rage situation. And if your kids are home, you might turn around and go over to them and hey, listen, look at this towel. Did you see this? What are you thinking? You know better than this. And you might go into those lectures or you know, some sort of action that you don't love. So there's different moments where the same exact circumstance happens and you end up thinking differently and then feeling different and acting differently. Do you see how the circumstance itself is neutral? It's really what you make that circumstance mean, your thoughts about it, that create that intense emotion. All right. I want to actually walk you through a couple of age-based examples of behavior and how we can make those behaviors upset us and how when we feel upset, we end up showing up. So the first one I have for you is imagining a four-year-old. So a kid that's already been potty trained, but won't poop on the potty. Okay. We're moms here. There's dads here. We're going to talk about pee and poop sometimes on this podcast. All right. So buckle up. 
So imagine, you know, they're like, they won't go on the potty and they want to only poop in their diaper or only poop in a pull up. That's just a circumstance. It's a situation that the child is in. Now, some parents don't care. They're like, oh, here's a pull up. Okay. And then other parents will think, oh my God, she's so behind. This is so gross. Like I'm such a terrible mother. How can she go to kindergarten with a pull up? Like the other moms must think I'm so lazy. My brother's daughter was potty trained by two. Like what's wrong with her? That circumstance, you're making it mean a lot about your kid, about you, and about the future, like kindergarten. You're using it as an opportunity to criticize yourself, to compare, compare your child, right? So if you're thinking those thoughts, how are you going to be feeling? You're going to be feeling disgusted with your kid, worried about them, doubtful about what you're doing, embarrassed what the other moms think, and resentful towards your child for not knowing better. That's your own mind, right? They should know better. What about an elementary school kid who keeps getting in trouble during recess and they're not listening to the yard aids and they're being physical with other kids? They're stirring up trouble. They're like missing recess because of their behavior. They've been sent to the principal's office. You've gotten calls. So this is like a scenario where, oh my gosh, now the teacher's involved and now the principal's involved. So you can easily start thinking like, what's wrong with my kid? He's such a mean kid. The teacher must think I'm such a bad mom. Like I'm raising a bully. Oh my God. If he doesn't stop acting like this, no one's going to play with him. He's going to be outcasted. He's not going to have any friends. He's going to go to middle school. He's going to be by himself. into the lunchbox alone. So the feelings that are going to come up are anguish, despair, humiliation, fear. And then you're going to show up in ways you don't love. What about this one? You find a vape in your teenager's backpack and you don't know if it's weed or nicotine. And you're like, oh my God, oh my God, this is so dangerous. Oh my gosh, my kid must be depressed. What's wrong with them? I've done something wrong as a mom. I didn't know this. Oh my God, they're probably gonna end up doing like hardcore drugs. They're not gonna graduate from high school. They're definitely not gonna go to college. It's all those bad friends that they're around. I don't even deserve this. Why does my child act like this? This is so irresponsible. So disrespectful of our family. I've got to stop this right now. This is not okay. What are the feelings? Disconnection, regret, contempt, disgust. Oh my goodness, you guys. Okay. All of these thoughts and feelings that I've described based on these circumstances, they're going to trigger your stress response. Okay. They're going to make you believe that it's an emergency and it's going to create a bunch of energy into your body and you're going to show up. You're going to say things like to your little girl who's not going poo-poo on the potty. You're like, other kids could do it. Why can't you? You aren't a big girl. You're acting like a baby. You're a dirty girl. You might get a little physical. You might force her onto the potty. You might make her stay in their dirty pull-up as a punishment. Now, I know you don't love acting out your feelings like this. Of course not. Then you're going to be mad at yourself and your daughter's going to feel bad about herself. So this is why this strategy is so important because I want you to be able to catch those default thoughts. And before you act, before you say anything, pause, break, stop, delay, reset, move your big feelings through your body, move that stress juice through your body, notice what you're thinking, and then reset your thoughts. I'm going to teach you how to do that in a minute. If you have this elementary school kid and then you get called by the principal and you pick them up and you're in the car line and you turn around and you're like, 
listen, you are not allowed to act like that. That's not nice. No one likes a mean kid. You know, you're not going to have screens for the rest of the month. You're not going to have screens for all of spring break. No more playdates for you. You might then emotionally check out, avoid your kid. I'm not even talking to you. I'm so disappointed in you. So what ends up happening? Your kid feels isolated. You feel resentful. You feel terrible. They feel terrible. No one learns anything, right? Again, these are all normal circumstances. It's like this happens. And so catching yourself, wherever you catch yourself and take that pause break, it's great. Going back and saying, you know what? I'm upset right now. I'm not going to talk about this yet. I'm going to go calm my body. (laughs) Okay. So giving yourself that permission to take that pause break and go reset your stress juice and reset your mind. Same with your teen. You're tempted to get them into a lecture situation. You're like scaring them. Like, listen, you're going to get addicted and you're never going to be able to quit. These other kids that you're around, that's it. You're not, you're not going around those kids at all. We're not having any more you going to friends' houses, you driving other people's cars. Absolutely not. Or you might decide, oh, I guess I don't even know what's going on with my kid anymore. So they're on their own. And you might stop parenting them at all. So instead of over-parenting, a lot of times parents of teens under-parent and they fuel greater disconnection with their teen. They don't give their kid the tools to cope with whatever's going on with them. And they also lose access to what's going on in their lives because their kid gets better at hiding and sneaking the behavior to avoid the lecture. And you stop paying attention because it's emotionally difficult. You feel confused. You don't know what to do. So you kind of check out. I guess they're on their own. So this is why the pause and reset is so valuable. So if your stress response is activated, move that stress juice through your body by doing something with your body. Once you're moving your body, go back and listen to that episode. Now, once your stress response is over, you're going to be able to think more clearly about what you want to be thinking, how you want to show up for your kids, how you want to act. So I think of this as resetting your mind. Move your body, move your mind. So imagine the little one on the potty, okay? What if you were thinking, all right, she's still pooping in the pull-up. That's all right. She's going to figure this out. She's super smart. I'm smart. I can figure this out. I can come up with a plan. I'm going to help her learn how. I wonder if she's scared. I'm going to figure out what she's scared of. What is standing in her way of success? You're going to start questioning, getting curious, coaching yourself through your emotions, being able to show up in a way that is from that calm, problem-solving leadership energy. With your elementary school kid, what if you're thinking, huh, this is interesting. My child is a kind and loving person. He must be struggling with friendships. It must be something about being on the yard, being at recess. He needs more support. I can figure this out. He is going to grow and learn and he's going to become a better playmate at recess for sure. Now, these are just thoughts. You guys, you can think anything you want. You can think my kid's a disaster and on a bad track, or you can think my kid is fine and totally going to figure this out. They're all just thoughts. The circumstance is the same no matter what you think about it. So I want you to learn to think thoughts that actually move you towards problem solving, curiosity, compassion, connection. Thinking about that teenager, finding that vape. I do want to say, I know these circumstances 
they gut you a bit when you get that call from the principal or when your four-year-old is pooping in a diaper or you find that vape. I know that these are like, ugh, like punch in the gut. So move through those feelings. So your teenager, what if you were thinking, huh, my teen is a smart kid. They know the dangers of vaping. So I wonder what must be going on that's making them choose vaping. This isn't an emergency right now. I can be calm about this. You know, the most important thing in my family is that my teen believes that I'm in their corner and I love them no matter what. I'm going to approach this from that energy. So with those thoughts, with the little four-year-old, that elementary school kid, the teenager, if you're thinking these positive intentional thoughts, you're going to feel calm. You're going to feel clear-headed. You're going to feel connected. You're going to feel curious. You're going to feel compassionate. And when you are feeling those ways, guess what's super cool? You show up as a parent totally differently. You're more creative. So you come up with better solutions. You ask better questions of your child. You are able to like actually think about what is standing in their way and go out and get that support. This is what mindset is. It's thinking new thoughts about circumstances so you can get different results. So if you want to feel calm and peace and confident and compassionate and connected, you want to choose thoughts that help you feel that way. I'm going to give you a couple of thoughts that you can borrow that are some of my favorites. So if you're listening to this, you want to come back to this point, write these down or whatever. So one of my favorite thoughts I've been thinking about, I've been using this exact sentence for over 15 years now, I think, (laughs) which is crazy. This is one of my first mindset thoughts. And it is, I choose peace and harmony over stress and perfection. So I oftentimes ask myself, how can I choose peace in this moment? How can I choose harmony in this moment? It's one of my favorite thoughts. My other favorite thoughts are, this moment is temporary. (laughs) So it helps my brain relax a little bit and not feel like things are an emergency. That's one of my other favorite thoughts is, this isn't an emergency. Especially if my child's like at school when I get the call from the principal's office, or if I find the vape in the bedroom when I am putting away clean clothes or something. It's like, oh, okay, this is actually literally not an emergency because my child's not even here right now. P.S. I have not found a vape just so that my kids aren't worried if they ever hear this. Okay. Another one of my favorite thoughts is I can handle this. I can handle this. This is such a powerful thought. It brings so much confidence inside of us when we're like, I've got it. I can figure this out. I know what to do here. One that helps me all the time is the thought, big feelings aren't a problem. Now, this didn't really work in these examples, but especially in a big feeling cycle, I'm like, oh, these are just feelings. They're not a problem. One of the things that I've thought many, many times is I'm going to do something about this later when everyone is calm. (laughs) This is when I'm in the moment and it's really chaotic or like it's very overwhelming and I need to say something then I say, I'm going to do something about this when everyone is calm. It's so great. The other two I love is my kid is doing their best. Really puts me into a state of compassion. Or I wonder why my kid isn't doing their best. It's another one. And in this moment, everyone is safe. I just remind myself that everyone is safe. Okay, so pick your favorites. I want you to do that. Now I'm going to tell you a little like caveat is that Sometimes mindset shifting, it doesn't work. 
it's because your default thoughts that you have, they seem really, really true. And your brain is going to argue with you. Like there's so much evidence that this thing is true. Like vaping is a problem. If you've been training your brain to think that thought, it's going to feel really true. And the feelings are going to show up. So you can't really mindset your way through emotions. You have to feel them. So I talked about that in last week's episode about feeling your feelings. The cool thing though, is when you move through your negative emotions and you actually process through it, your mind is naturally going to want to shift to a new emotional state. Your brain will start to like almost argue with itself to think new thoughts. And so I think of these as bridge thoughts and they sound a little bit like this, like, well, at least I found this out or better late than never, or I guess it's not that big of a deal. When your mind starts to offer you some of these bridge thoughts, that's its attempt to shift out of that negative emotion and into that positive emotion by giving you some new thoughts. So just really like become meta, okay? Metacognition is the ability to think about your thinking. So that's what I want you to be practicing this week. Noticing your thoughts. This is why meditation is really powerful because you actually start to sit in a space where you notice your thoughts. And the more able you are to notice what you're thinking, the easier it is for you to shift from default into intentional. So I want you just to really pay attention to yourself this week. Become meta. The other thing I love to do is I like to choose intentional thoughts that help me feel calm. The thoughts that I gave you earlier, you can borrow some of those or you can write your own. And what I want you to do is I really want you to write down five thoughts that make you feel calm or peace or joy or whatever feeling you're chasing. And then for every day, for seven days between now and the next podcast, I want you to rewrite those same five thoughts down. So instead of like putting them on a piece of paper and hanging them up, I want you to do that for day one. And then the next day, I want you to rewrite them and hang them up again. And then third day, rewrite the same thoughts again. You'll find that over time, you're changing your default thoughts. So when you want to have thoughts like, I can handle this, I have great kids, this isn't an emergency, the more you practice thinking them, the more and more they will feel true. And guess what? The more that you're thinking, I can handle this, I have great kids, this isn't an emergency, the more and more calm you will become. So that's your work this week. I hope you have a great week and I will see you back here next week for another episode. Hey mama, if you've been listening to this podcast and thinking, oh my gosh, yes, I'm so ready to get out of this chaos and create more peace in myself, and in my family, then I want to invite you to join Kamama School. It's my lifetime membership program where you learn how to stop yelling and feeling overwhelmed by parenting, teach your kids how to manage all of their big feelings, and set limits that actually work. It's lifetime access for getting everything you need to have the family you want and become the mom that you're meant to be. No matter how old your kids are or how chaotic your family is right now, I can help you create peace and joy in your home. To join, go to calmmamacoaching.com and get instant access to my online course and start coming to weekly coaching calls this week. I can't wait to help you transform your family. See you there.